Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, along with Sean Anderson. Dev You came in too soon, man. Dev you're, you're, you're not Mark Weber. Mark, not Mark Weber. is not here. Like he said last week, he came for the video podcast, then he's off mm-hmm. another week. I'm here with Sean Anderson. What's up? Uh, from Most Valuable Podcast. I don't have to say from the Fast Break, because you're from Most Valuable Podcast. Yeah, I do a lot here. You got to do it all. Uh, but we're going to be uh, talking a little bit of football today here on the Onside Kick. I want to thank you guys for joining us for another week. And uh, the big thing is we get we got another four-topic show. Last week I thought it was something special. This week we're going to do it again. Jam-packed. Jam-packed. We got a jam-packed show. That's what I used to say, and I'm still going to say it. We got a jam-packed show. We're going to be talking about Ryan Tannehill. Is his time going to be over soon? In Miami, we're going to be looking at the Los Angeles Rams. Are they contenders or pretenders? We're looking at Mike McCoy and the Chargers. And then we're going to end with a little, who's got more reason to panic, the Carolina Panthers or the Arizona Cardinales? Mm-hmm. And, uh, Sean, we're going to start in the city of Miami. And I'm going to be I'm going to be frank. I'm just going to throw it out to you. Should Ryan Tannehill's time in Miami be over? Nope. Uh, just to answer f- flat out and simple, no, I, I don't think that. I think that people are overreacting. AKU, I don't. Th- I don't think that Ryan Tannehill is a bad quarterback. I just don't think that he has had the proper weapons around him, and I don't think he's had the right coaching staff. And now that they brought in Adam Gase, there's been high expectations because Adam Gase has been known as the quarterback whisperer. So, so one thing that I think that Tannehill needs to, is just time to settle in with Adam Gase. And I'll get to uh, get to it a little bit. But one thing that I do want to bust open is mm-hmm. is the Gase case. Is the Gase case? Is Adam Gase truly a quarterback whisperer? And if you, and if you look under you know Tim Tebow under Gase, thirty first in the league in, in passing, and he, that's when he was the quarterback coach. So he didn't really have pl- play play ownership uh, or play calling in, in that one. And then in twenty twelve, when they got Peyton Manning, they were fifth. But then I think why people say he was the quarterback whisperer was because his first year as OC, he that was when Peyton had his record setting year when he mm-hmm. threw fifty five touchdown passes. Then they went back to uh, they, they went up in uh, pass attempts in twenty fourteen, were around fifth in the league in. Pass passing but the production declines you know i think peyton manning threw for 37 touchdowns uh and then uh, uh not mccoy uh gase left uh to chicago and then under under gase cutler they were 18th in total offense uh rating wise cutler was best but it was his best year but the team still went six and ten so i don't know if gase is truly the quarterback whisperer because jay cutler you know had a fantastic year last year or fantastic year last year for jay cutler standards but was it truly that good of a year i think that adam gase might be a little too overhyped I think he is like I think it's a quarterback whisper thing. I think he is really good with quarterbacks, mainly because I'm going to look at his time in Chicago. He worked very well with Jay Cutler, a guy who I think is a bum. And I will mm-hmm. say with Adam Gase, Adam Geis, he he actually looked good. He looked good in my mind. And now coming to Miami, I know it's too soon. Like this whole topic, you're probably sitting mm-hmm. there. Well, Ricky, for the 
for the Tannehill Gase kind of conversation, it's too soon because they've only had four games. But here's the thing I think. Ryan Tannehill, this might be a little bit of, I'm going to say, Jay Cutler syndrome, where it's you've been with a team. He's been there since 2012. It's been longer for Cuddy, but Tannehill's been here since 2012, and this team has gone 79, 8-8, 8-8, which his best was the 2014 season, then 6-10. And And I know the argument can be made, but Ricky, what did he have around him? After a while, though, there have been quarterbacks in this league that have lost their job that never had really anything around him. I think this is... With Ryan Tannehill, is he a bad quarterback? No. I've had him in fantasy some years, Mm. and he's been serviceable for a fantasy standpoint. I just think for Miami, Miami and Ryan Tannehill are never going to get anything done. He's never going to be able to do anything in Miami, and I think eventually they're going to have to part ways. I mean, Joe Philbin was his head coach for his Mm -hmm. first years, and Joe Philbin proved that he was a terrible head coach, an awful head coach. Mm And, and I think that really goes against him. And then and then another thing that I kind of want to talk about a little bit is is Cutler's first four games with Gase and then Tannehill's first four games with Gase because they're very similar. And the one thing that I do want to preface this is by the second game in 2015 uh, that Cutler had with Gase, it was against the Cardinals. He went eight for nine and was injured and had to come out. So Cutler's stats are a little inflated, but Cutler's first four games, 80 completions, 133 attempts, 65 completion percentage. Tannehill's first four games, 88 completions, 138 attempts, and 63% completion. Then, if you look at yards-wise, I think Tannehill just hit the century mark. Cutler only had 87, uh, 87, uh, 878 yards. Yeah, Tannehill's at 1,081 He's right at now. 1,081. Cutler did have more touchdowns, had six, and had less interceptions. Cutler had six touchdowns and three interceptions. Tannehill right now has six touchdowns and five interceptions. And the passer rating is similar, 90 for Cutler, 87 for, uh, for Tannehill. But the one thing that's completely different... Who was Jay Cutler's running back? Matt Forte. They had a decent running back. They had not more than decent running back. Mm-hmm. Matt Forte was great. They don't have a running back in, in Miami, and I think it's really about the weapons here. Is is Ryan Tannehill has not been properly introduced into Miami. He's never had another guy that to, to rely on. And I know that Lamar Miller was great, but they never used Lamar Miller properly. Ryan Tannehill, I don't think it's time to give up on him because he's still a young quarterback, and you have him for a pretty decent price. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that extension was was awful. And it's not awful, but a lot of people are looking at that extension from Ryan Tannehill and kind of looking at it in a fact of like, wait a second, you're going to give this guy this much money mm-hmm. when what has he done for you kind of a thing? Like, But the I know, team's been bad. I, I know you can make the argument the team has been bad. Joe Philbin was a good coach, dude. I, that's a valid I'm argument. I'm going to keep bringing that up. But... I feel like there are some people that are like, whoa, wait a second. You're going to give this guy a $77 million contract over four years with an $11.5 million signing bonus, and this is what he's been able to do? Here's what I think the Ryan Tannehill timeline is. And it's either going to go one of two. I either see two timelines going. The first one, this is the one I think Miami should do. Play out this season with Tannehill. This isn't like something where this is a contract year and you have to make a move on Tannehill. You have him locked up till 2021. Mm -hmm. So this is what you do. You let him play out this season. Next season, you kind of use that as your weighing season because it would be his second year with the new head coach. Hopefully you're going to keep him. It'd be stupid to get rid of Adam Gase, but... 
2017, use that as the barometer because, like you said, in the draft and free agency, you can try to pull in weapons because the big thing that this Miami team has tried to do is they've bumped up their defense more than their offense. And right now I think the defense in the first few games, what I've seen, maybe not so much the – Maybe not so much the New England game, but especially that Seahawk game. If the offense could have get could have got going, if Tannehill yeah. maybe would have had a weapon or two, he was going the, up against the Seattle defense as well. The defense, yeah. though, for Miami kept them in that game. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. for my or for the New England game, yeah, it was thirty-one twenty-four. But I think we can both agree that the Patriots had a firm lock on that game. The big thing that kind of sits in people's craw that I'm thinking is that Cleveland game that they won. Probably should have been a loss. Like they, yeah. this team should be zero and four. So you look at one and three, and you're like, ah, that win probably should have been a loss. I think then they, they should keep them. They could have won that Seattle game. So I yeah. mean, it's been it's been flip flop. They almost came back and beat the Patriots. And I think what kind of pushed this forward is how bad the entire team looked on Thursday night against the Bengals. I think that you you don't make a decision on them. You let them play this year. You let them play next year. However, the one big thing I'm going to throw out there that could be a huge variable in the Tannehill tree, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I know what you're throwing out there. I'm I'm not saying it's going to happen, but Uh it's an interesting thing to throw out there. If the Bears decide to move on from Cutler, does Adam Gase go, hey, I've had success with this guy. Let's try to make a trade to bring him in. It's an interesting idea, but I think think it's more you have to get – Gase settled as a head coach because I mean he hasn't been settled he hasn't been he hasn't had that proper game where all right this mm-hmm. is my benchmark this is what I can do as a head coach because like you said they've been you know close in some games like Seattle and they, they've should have lost some games in Cleveland he hasn't had a game where it's like wow Adam Gase really coached this well because you know he, he didn't really you know motivate the offense in that Seattle game and you know against again they were going against the Seattle defense but he didn't motivate them to stay in that Browns game enough to put them away and they didn't really have enough to you know come back on the Patriots and obviously they just didn't have anything against the Bengals and probably that's more credit to the Bengals side than anything but one thing that I don't think they should do is is bring in Jay Cutler because you have a younger quarterback who I believe has a cheaper contract and the thing is is that this younger quarterback doesn't have to deal with injuries like Cutler deals Channel has been fairly healthy throughout his whole career and he knows the offense better because he's been there for a year and he's been in that system for a year and he's been you know just in Miami for four I believe now so I think the one thing that is really to blame for the Tannehill era is the GM and ownership of the Dolphins because their best weapon his best weapon was Lamar Miller and they didn't use him properly at all then it was Jarvis Landry who Tannehill almost abuses because he's caught 194 uh, receptions in two years, which is an NFL record. Mm-hmm. Then in 2012, his first year, Reggie Bush was his leading rusher. who didn't even have 1,000 yards. His leading receiver in 2012 was Brian Hartline. The biggest free agent acquisition on the offensive side was Mark Mike Wallace, but he really didn't improve that much. He was targeted 257 times, but only caught 145 or 140 passes for 15 touchdowns. I mean, he tried to get Mike Wallace back to where he was in Pittsburgh, but he was never there. And then also drafting-wise, 2013, they drafted Deion Jordan. He didn't play. Deion Jordan has not played as a top five overall pick. And then in 2014, they draft Juwan James, but Juwan James has only played one full season. And Devontae Parker in 2014, he only started four games. So one thing that Tannehill's not been helped out with is this front office. And I think they are to blame for Tannehill. And now really starting with a new coach, you really have to start completely over. And Adam Gase hasn't gotten his feet wet yet. And I think that's one thing to blame here. 
I think we're on the same page. Is it like, is this the time where you move on from Ryan Tannehill? It's not Tannehill's fault. No, mm-hmm. but I'm leaning towards the fact that I think sooner rather than later, it may be a thing of, guess what? This ain't going to work out. We're going to move on just to move on. I think you're harping too much over the win-loss record. I honestly think you are because I want to— Well, it's th- a big thing for quarterbacks. I wanna throw, it is. I want to throw something out there for you, all right? I'm going to throw out stat lines. It's kind of like in March Madness where they throw who out— Who would you rather take? The, yeah, me, the, me and Mark have played this the, game the before. blind things. And I know who you're going to take, and I'm not going to go against you for okay. taking this person. But it, it, it's very interesting to see what they look like. So I'm going to throw out this one. Mm-hmm. All right, first, first stat line here. Quarterback A. Quarterback A. 62% completion percentage, 93 touchdowns, 58 interceptions, a passer rating of 85.3, okay? Mm-hmm. Other one, quarterback B, 58% completion percentage, 109 touchdowns, 58 interceptions, and an 85.4 passer rating. Who would you pick? Give me the passer ratings again. 85.3, 85.4. The one thing I'm really like... It's weird because quarterback B has they both had the same amount of interceptions. Yeah. Um quarterback B has more touchdowns and 109 to 93. And it quarterback A, the thing that I like about quarterback A is that completion percentage. Yeah. Is Tannehill quarterback A? Tannehill is quarterback A. That's what I thought. Who's quarterback B? Who's quarterback B? The number one overall draft pick in twenty twelve, Mr. Andrew Luck. Tannehill, 29 and 35 in his career. Andrew Luck, 44 and 23. I didn't want to say the record because I knew you would pick I, I knew you'd pick the record over yeah, anything. Well, and that's like to and, me. And the one thing is, Andrew Luck's had fantastic coaches. And Chuck, who, Chuck Pagano in his first year, fantastic. Bruce Arians, when he stepped in, was did fantastic. I, did I shock you with uh, who I was leaning towards? No. Did you think I was going to take Tannehill? No, because if I said the names, you'd you'd pick Luck in a heartbeat. No, no, I know that. But through this blind resume, were you shocked that I was leaning towards quarterback A? No, I, I knew you liked the completion percentage. Okay. I, yeah. knew, I know Th- that. That's a big thing for me. It's complete. And the thing with Andrew Luck is... And people say he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, but here's the thing. Andrew Luck, like, what's the thing we've said about the Colts? The same thing we're saying about Ryan Tannehill. Oh, he, d- he doesn't have anything. What's the difference? But look at what he's done. Coaching. The coaching, like Chuck Pagano and he had Bruce Arians. Yeah. So, yeah, the coaching's into it. And but who's, who's making more again, money? Yet again, there's that other side to it. Yes, the coaching is better for yeah. Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck has that thing of he's the kind of, he's the kind of quarterback that, except for this year because you can only carry a team for so long, he's been able to will that team will that team as far as they have been like I'm not saying, when they yeah. got to the to the AFC Championship game it was all because of Andrew Luck mm-hmm. it was all because of him yes Tannehill hasn't had the weapons around him yes he doesn't have the best coaches I want to end this segment though on one last question for well, you real quick Andrew okay. Luck is a, a different breed that's I'm not saying that you know well, people, he's the people best are... quarterback that we've in a draft he is since Rodgers not even since Rodgers well, I was like, going to say he is wise. he is probably the Going into a draft, he is the most talked about quarterback that we have seen number one since Elway. No, since Manning. Since Manning, because it, it, Man- it was the it was the Manning it was kind of like the Manning Leaf or or uh, 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 Luck Griffin thing. Yeah. So so that would make more. I was thinking more Elway just because yeah. of he's just he's got that talent. You know he's going to be number one. And one thing, Ryan Tannehill, four years, seventy-seven million. Andrew Luck, six years, mm-hmm. one hundred forty million. I just don't think Tannehill has had the right pieces around him, and I don't think he's had the right coaching staff around him. I don't think it's. I, I don't think you give up to him, and maybe you give him the full full year, four years of his contract, and let him run it. I want to end this segment on this yeah. question. 
Do you think at the end of the year, at the end of the year, are Miami fans saying, fuck, we should have just kept Coach Campbell. We should have kept Dan Campbell no. as the head coach and not hired Adam Gase. No, because a- Adam Gase was the sexy hire. And, and the thing about Gase is he's never had that opportunity. And the thing that Campbell had was that he was working with these guys for a long time. He, he was already the tight ends coach, I believe. He knew how to fire him up. And he was a former player who's been in big game situations. He knew how to fire him up, though. Gase has not been in in a situation where he was like, uh, you know, Dan Campbell had a long tenure career. And I don't know if Gase actually played in the NFL. Um, but if he did, he wasn't. I don't think he was a long tenure player like Dan Campbell was. But the one thing is that, you know, Dan Campbell had that motivation factor. And I think Gase is still learning how to do that. And I think that's that's the real thing there. And he, he didn't play football, Adam Gase. So I think I think mm-hmm. I, I think that was the thing. He's also the youngest head coach in, in, in the NFL right now. So I don't think people are kicking themselves like, oh, we should have kept Dan Campbell. I think Dan Campbell was a good interim head coach, but I, I don't think some, he's a, a I think head some coach fans option. will do it though. Some fans will well, just yeah, because but some fans also think I that I mean some fans also think that uh, Tom Brady's not gonna be playing a ton of years in New England. That's right? you. Right? Yeah. Also <laughs> people think that, you know, People think stupid things is what I'm trying to say. But the one thing I'm going to get at to kind of end it is with the Dan Campbell question that I asked you is there are going to be fans that look at it and say, like, the reason it made me think of this question is like you mentioned in one of the games, I think it was a Seattle game, how you're like, oh, well, Adam Adam wasn't able to rile them up, wasn't able to motivate them. Dan Campbell was able to motivate the team and in 12 games went five and seven. With a team, so they were basically a one-win team when he took over. They were what one in three, yeah, one in three when he took over, mm-hmm. and he willed them to not. I'm gonna not and, say will he motivated them to win five games, which for that Miami team was like holy shit, they won five games. Yeah, I know it, it was it was amazing. But one thing that I do want to say is though, I, I want to see what Chris Greer can do in his in his first draft because mm-hmm. he was just brought in as a GM. He comes from a scouting background, and they did they were able to pull off Laramie Tunsil in the draft this year. So I want to see what he can do with a couple draft. A little luckily yeah. on that one. I, I think that Gase and I think that uh, Chris Greer need, need some time in, in Miami, and I think that Tannehill will get more time. I think that the decision will come in four years. And I think I think that's the smart move. I don't think Tannehill's screwed, and I think Tannehill can be a very good quarterback in the NFL. At least not very good. He can he can get you to the playoffs and win games to the playoffs. I don't think he's a, a top five quarterback or a top ten quarterback in the league, but he can definitely be a, be a very good quarterback. I'm not going to give him four years. I will give him right now. I think this year and next year are his proving ground. What what does he need to prove though? What, what like what what do you say? Like oh, this is what does it just getting into the playoffs? He needs the, to me. What I would like to see because I'm seeing close games right now, except for that Cincinnati game. I want you to be able to beat the teams you're supposed to, like Cleveland. And then in a game like Seattle, I want to see you, if it's a close game and your defense is keeping you in it, I want to see that kind of mentality where you're like, I, as the quarterback, am putting the team on my back and I'm going to will. Kind of the same mentality that the, oh, I can't remember the announcers that were doing the Saints-Charger game this last week where they said, um, they were talking about Phillip Rivers when the Saints just took the lead. And they were talking back to that Colt Charger game when they're like, yeah, talking to Phillip Rivers, he kind of wanted the Colts to score on that last possession so that he could get the ball, take the team down the field, Mm -hmm. win the game. That's the mentality I want to see from Tannehill. 
one, be a closer. One thing I could see from Tannehill, though, is if they draft a quarterback this year, which I, I mean, I'm not saying they will or should, but say you know Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's out there and they, they take him, I wouldn't be so surprised if Tannehill had kind of a, a, a Drew Brees situation in his career where he wasn't able to get his feet set mm-hmm. in a certain organization and then he goes to a different organization. Fits the that's the biggest thing. I think I think that's gonna be I think that's gonna be something to watch out there for. And one final thing that I do wanna say, and that is that Ryan Tannehill did convert from a quarterback to a wide receiver. So coaching has been a very big factor here in that he he you know Andrew Luck stepped in as a quarterback as a, as a smart quarterback here. Ryan Tannehill was still growing when they drafted him as a, as a quarterback, and he still hasn't been able to fully get his feet set as quarterback. And one other thing is, if they do draft a quarterback, say late rounds here, I think that competition might also help Ryan Tannehill, getting him kind of nervous that oh whoa whoa am I mm-hmm. being pushed out the door here? So maybe they do go for Jay Cutler if they can get him for cheap, and then maybe have a, a veteran pr- presence there that has started games and possibly get him nervous about his game uh, his, his starting job that might drive that competitive nature up just a little bit. But I think Tannehill might be. I think Tannehill will be fine. But we got to move on. We have spent a ton of time on this uh, first opening segment. This is where you guys come in. We're Let thorough. us know. Let us know down <laughs> below what you guys think with Ryan Tannehill about everything we talked about. And ultimately, do you think it's time for Miami to move on? And if so, when? This year, next year, like Sean said, in four years? Let us know down below in the description. But we're going to move on to another team. We're going to move across to the NFC and the St. Louis Rams after four games. The Los Angeles Rams. After well, Los Angeles. Like, <laughs> after four games of being in Los Angeles. They're basically playing like the greatest show on turf. No, they're not. That, that's what the record shows. I'm saying that's what the record shows. You look at the stats. You, they're nothing like the greatest show on turf. I'm getting into it, Sean. Yeah, yeah. They're 3-1 and one right now after being demolished and embarrassed. embarrassed Looking like the Charles worst Barkley team in the NFL. Would say on that Monday night game yeah. against the 49ers. Beat the Seahawks, beat the Bucks on the road, beat the Cardinals on the road. Sean, the Rams, are they contenders or pretenders? Do you want me to answer the question or give you reasons and then build up to my do you want to build it up or but let's do let's do the slow build. Give All right, me some let's reasons. Do the slow build. All right, so the Rams, twenty third in total defense, twenty fourth in total passing defense, seventeenth in total rushing defense, terrible defense, right? Thirtieth in total offense, twenty seventh in total passing, twenty eighth in total rushing, three total field goals made, and they are seventh in most punts. How is this team winning is my question. They're winning with 11th in opponent scoring, which they, they, they give up so many yards, but their team, the other teams have just been not able to really punch it in. And they're also fourth in turn, turnover differential. So they're able to turn the ball over and, and force those teams. That's how you win the from, game, right? Yeah. Force the turnovers. They're giving up a ton of yards, but they're forcing turnovers. So that's really the reason why they, they've, been, they've been winning. And they've also played Russell Wilson and Carson Palmer, who have been hurt. All in all, they're pretenders. They're not contenders. Can they win games? Yes. Will they be uh, a Super Bowl threat here? Not in a slightest bit. Because they'll go up against teams that can put up points and that will not turn the ball over. And they will get demolished just like they did against San Francisco. I I don't see them as any type of contenders. I think this Rams team, if I were to answer contender or pretender, like you said, when it comes to like a Super Bowl, obviously they're total pretenders. But maybe this year, I think they can get lucky. Maybe this year, when it comes to the division, this team might be contenders when it comes to the division because you look at their division right now, and I know it's early. I know we're only a quarter of the way through the season. Yep. But you look at it right now, the Cardinals don't look good. They have a win over the Cardinals. The Seahawks don't look good. They have they a win over, win over the them. Seahawks. And the 49ers looked good that game one, but since then, the 49ers haven't looked good. No. So. Right now, after four games, 
they're on the uptick while everyone else is on the downtick. And I look at the rest of their schedule after the quarter because after the quarter mark, things are starting to change. Maybe my predictions in the preseason weren't exactly as I seen them. Oh, really? Where... The Broncos didn't shut you up there. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at their schedule. The yeah. Broncos aren't on their schedule, so we're not yeah. going to talk about them. I had to double check on that one. But <laughs> I mean, the Bills are going to be tough. The Lions, they could win. That's one. Yeah, they could beat the Lions. The Giants, sure. they. I still think the Giants would beat them. I like the, the Giants. The reason the, they could beat the Giants is because of the turnover differential. The Panthers, though, they're on a downtick. They don't look like the same Panthers team we saw. We'll talk about the them later. Jets. They're a team that, hey, if you can force Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw six interceptions, oh, wait, the Dolphins are on a down tick right now. The Saints haven't looked that good. Tom Brady will be back in Foxborough, so you're not going to win that game. Smoke them. The Falcons look good, and then it's basically the way their schedule worked, they went 2-1 and in the division. Now you get these games. Like I'm just going to say Lions, Panthers, Jets, Dolphins, Saints. Those are five games. If you win those five the games. The Panthers is iffy, too. Well, the Panthers is, are we finally going to see the Panthers from last year? The iffy game for me would be the Jets. The Jets are the iffy. Well, Jets the, and Panthers are iffy. The I think Jets, the Panthers are really iffy. I think the Jets is a winnable let's game. Let's just say they win those five games. You're an eight-win team. Then It's it a just, classic Jeff Fisher then it just Then it just comes down to the last three games. You're playing Seattle on the road, uh-huh. and then the Niners and the Cardinals at home. You end with... All three of the division. If you do the same thing that you did to open the season, you could be theoretically a ten-win team. Yeah, I've, uh, it, Theor- it's so hard. This is theoretically, it's so hard looking at these stats and looking at this team, looking at and looking at the quarterback, <laughs> and looking the way Todd Gurley has run the ball and say, yeah, this team could win the division and be ten wins. But they're proving me wrong, and I don't know how. I don't know how they're three and one. This is a Ricky, team. I still don't know. This is a team that also almost won the division at seven and nine. But, but no, the Seahawks had to win the, it that the year. The thing though is they've they've gotten wins over Jameis Winston, mm-hmm. who is been proving that he he cannot keep the ball on his side. He, Jameis Winston's been turning the ball over, so that's the reason why they won. Carson Palmer is a very turnover heavy quarterback, boomer bust, and he was also injured. And Russell Wilson. Been super injured, not really turnover uh, prone, but you know he, he does fumble the ball a couple times, and, and the defense was big there. I think if the Rams want to be contenders, Todd Gurley needs to look like the offensive rookie of the year, like he did last year, and this defense needs to start taking. Uh, not uh, they need to stop stopping. They need to start stopping offenses completely mm-hmm. because they're getting the turnovers and they're stopping them from scoring. But they need to stop them in movement wise. They need to get these punts up. They need to they need to you know have them actually stopping these defenses and looking looking atrocious because if they go up against a team like the Patriots who could put up a ton of yards, they're not going to be turning the ball over. Tom Brady isn't a turnover heavy quarterback. They'll get smoked and destroyed. And that's that's what I worry. I think they can win the division just because of the way their team's been playing, but I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl contenders because you'll go up against a team like the Packers in the playoffs or or say Sam Bradford doesn't mm-hmm. turn the ball over in the Vikings. Oh, let's not talk playoffs yet. They got to get yeah, that Yeah, no, first. but I'm saying the teams that look like they are in the playoff picture right now. I'm just saying teams that have have the ability to not turn the ball over and put up yards. You know what's funny though to me? Yeah. I look at the top five teams as of right now with I'm just looking at giveaways and who's gi- who's given the ball away the most through four games. At number five with nine, Miami. Oh, guess who the Rams play this season? At number, well, tied for three, but at four with ten, Carolina. Oh, guess who the Rams play mm-hmm. this season? At number three, 
a team they already beat. They're going to play them again at home, Arizona, and number two, Tampa Bay at 11. Already Guess who they already beat. And then at 12 giveaways this season so far, six of them in one game against the Chiefs. <laughs> Did the they fumble the ball too? That, that, that means the Rams, who we talked yeah. about having such a good turnover margin, are playing all, as no, of right now, the top five teams in giveaways. That's what, that's exactly the point I was trying to bring up is that this team doesn't look great, but they can they can create turnovers, and that's what's going to win them games. I, I don't think they'll be a be, be actual contenders just because that really worries me, and I don't think they'll be able to force turnovers against really good teams. Can mm-hmm. they win the division? Yes. Will they go deep in the playoffs? No, if they win the division and if they make a wild card spot. And if I look at it on the other side, the five teams that give the ball away the least— Philadelphia, who has not given the ball away at all, fumble or interception, mm-hmm. they don't play them. They're not playing Minnesota. They don't play Oakland. They don't play Dallas. The only one they play out of the bottom five is Buffalo. And, and Ricky, Buffalo's I, given it away twice so far. Outside of, I think, Buffalo and Oakland, uh, those teams are all in playoff picture right now. And mm-hmm. Well, Oakland is too. I just don't think they're leading their division. Mm-hmm. I think, and I don't know don't if they're get, in a wild card spot. You, yeah. you don't. You don't give the ball away, and uh, look what happens. Mm, that's you win the thing. games, and they, they can beat the Rams that way. <laughs> but at the at the end of the day, are the Rams contenders? I'm going to say yes, in the fact that I think after after four games, I think that because of what we've seen from the rest of their division, they like. They look like, holy shit, they could win the division. The, I will put it this way. They're dumpster wearing a nice dress. So if you look at the dress, they look really nice. They're, if you look at the record, they look really nice. They're if you like, look behind it, you'll find they're a They're like the analogy I used to use, and this is terrible. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I used to use this for uh, uh, some girls, and I probably shouldn't have. Cleveland Browns. Cool uniform, bad helmet. Are That's they cool they uniforms? Are right now. Oh, is brown an attractive color here? <laughs> their nickname are the Browns. <laughs> what do you think of when you think of the Browns? I like they're all orange unis. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the Rams for a second, and I was going to say, hey, man, those those unis they wore against the Seahawks, the Rams the should go back. To, the Rams should those go back. Those phenomenal. The Rams should go back to that the actual yellow or the white and, oh, white I and blue. The white. I want to see and the white and blue. I agree. No, I agree. If anything needs to change, it's your coaching, your ownership, and your jerseys. And if right now to answer your questions, if the playoffs did start today, Oakland would be the fifth seed. So there you go. So, so they are in the playoffs. Yeah, so you're, and then Buffalo's not. So then basically you have yeah, your, Buffalo's your, nine. four of those teams are in the playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're going to move on, though. You guys let us know. What do you think about the Rams? Are they contenders? Are they pretenders? What have you seen from the Rams so far this season? But we are going to move back into the AFC, this time going from east to west. Well, we're going to stay in the west, but we're going to go to the AFC. We're talking about the Chargers and Mike McCoy. And after maybe this is a... Ricky's being too, what's the word I'm looking for? Too reactionary. Yeah. Too reactionary after four games. I just can't, I couldn't help but listening to, I was watching SportsCenter on Sunday night and I was watching Mike McCoy and his comments after the Chargers lost another close game where they had a chance to win it. And I couldn't help but think this man is going to lose his job this season. Not a, this man should lose his job, but I just looked at him like, yep, 
He's going to lose his job this season. In my That's notes, going to happen. In my notes, it says, will the Chargers fire Mike McCoy? And then it says, will they? Not ruling it out. Should they? No. That's that's what I'm thinking is I don't think that I, – I think there's there's a possibility of every single coach getting fired. I mean, honestly. I mean, Lovey Smith got fired after winning 10 games. Mm-hmm. Was his time running out? Yes. But I think Mike McCoy, he's kind of in that, that situation too where he hasn't been a terrible coach and he's been dealing with so many injuries. And the fact that this team's been competitive in the games they lost has really been surprising. They should be 4-0. But they should be 4-0. They should be 4-0. They should have beaten the Chiefs. They shouldn't have been able to come back. They should have beaten the Colts. They should have put them away, and Henry shouldn't have fumbled the ball. Mm-hmm. In New Orleans, I think they scored 14 unanswered to win that game. So, I mean, this team should be able to close it out. But then again, they're dealing with so many injuries. So well, and not I could see why he could be fired. Not just the 14 unanswered. There was a pass on a 3rd and 22 on that last drive that... Philip Rivers hit, I want to say it was Inman on the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. It was right to him. It hit him right in the fucking face mask, and he didn't catch it. Yeah. Like, even Bucci, who was doing sports center that night, is like, man, he got to catch that one. Yeah. And and the thing with the Chargers, too, is in in the time that uh, in, in the time that uh, Mike McCoy's been in in San Diego, he's gone from nine and seven to nine and seven to four and twelve to one and three. I mean, and that's last, the thing. That's l- it. It's the decline that you see that might lead him to getting fired. Last year, they were the most injured team. They were dealing with so many injuries this year, last year, and this year really hasn't changed that. And and you you draft a kid in 2015 and Melvin Gordon with a 12 overall pick that you think will help your team right away, but he doesn't score a touchdown. He's constantly fumbling, and now he's turned turned over on the the touchdown side. But then again, uh, you know he's still he still has his fumbling problems, and he hasn't been able to find the right holes in every single time. So he's still coming around here. The one thing though that I I look at Mike McCoy is that he 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 was one and one in the play, uh, playoffs when he did go. I just think that in a tough AFC West, it's hard to look good when you deal with so many injuries, and that's that's the problem with Mike McCoy is that he's in San Diego where you have Philip Rivers whose time is running out just because of his age, and that's going to be a huge factor into it. Yeah, too. and I I think that Philip Rivers is doing so much with so little. I mean, Inman is looking fantastic. I think last game. Five of his top receivers from last year were not playing, mainly because mm-hmm. uh, Floyd retired. Uh, Keenan Allen's obviously out. Danny Woodhead's out. Well, Antonio he's Gates, I don't play. What, two years in a row now. Yeah, I just it, it's Mike McCoy's been getting the short end of the stick, and I don't think he is a bad head coach. It's just that he hasn't been able to close because he doesn't have the right weapons around him because they keep getting injured. And I don't think this is a GM fault because I think that they put on a good product, but I just think that it's very. Bad to see all these injuries, and I think what you should really need is you know fire the training staff because what, what what's going what's in the water in San Diego that all of these guys keep going down. I think that if Mike McCoy gets fired by the Chargers, and I'll say this: if Mike McCoy gets fired by the Chargers this year after this year, the Bears should fire John Fox immediately and hire Mike McCoy. I think Mike McCoy can be a very good head coach in the NFL. So he's going to go to he's going to go from one team that deals with injuries constantly to another team that deals with injuries constantly. Well. Rick, Rick. <laughs> I mean, come on. Just think about what you just said here. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, the injuries are different in the NFC. <laughs> whatever, Ricky. I mean, uh, I mean, but I look at it and you do have it. a point. He is. You didn't think of that one through. I just, I think he's a very good head coach. And I think he if, I think if well, he's on the market, I think the Bears okay. should come up. It's not one of these things where it's like when I say he's a good head coach, I'm not saying like Mike McCoy is the best head coach in the league, but... How about this? I don't think he's terrible. He's middle of the road when it comes to coaches. I just don't think he's been able to prove himself because his team's been injured so much. And the first year, and when we're the talk- first year should be a fielder year, and he makes the playoffs. And when we're talking about the and we're talking about the injuries, we're only talking about mainly the the last two. 
The last two, yeah. The last two. I mean, the nine and yeah. seven season, he was good. But one, of the two big things that I think are going to lead to, like, my gut reaction is that he gets fired either mid like, during the season or at the end of the season is, one, if you continue to lose close games like mm-hmm. they have, that don't look good, especially with the regression in record that we have seen, whether it's because of injury, not because of injury. Another thing is I think this front office is going to look at, hey, we've got how many more years left with Phillip Rivers? we got to capitalize on it. Do we think this guy with Phillip, with this team, can get us to a Super Bowl? And I think if you see enough of those close losses, it's going to be a no, and they're going to make a change. I think that the close losses is the biggest thing right now. I think that is the biggest thing that 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 is hurting Mike McCoy. And I think the reason that he's losing so many close games is just because he doesn't have the right team around him. And this team's and getting this so la- injured. This last one, Philip, I'm going to harp oh, on it. Oh, it's brutal. Philip no, Rivers brutal. hits him in the face mask, and yeah. he can't catch the ball. Come on. And, and that's not Mike McCoy's fault. I could have caught that ball. Uh, I might not have been able to jump up that high to get it, but I could have caught it if I was in that situation. And we'll have to test that one out. We'll have Philip Rivers, longtime friend of the show, <laughs> uh, come out here uh, to Chicago. But, yeah, I think that I think that Mike McCoy can still be a very good head coach in the NFL. And I think that he might be fired just because they're like, well, you're, you, they, they'll see the 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 the, 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 the digression, I yeah. guess. Yeah, the digression. Eventually uh, got that one out. Yeah, there. well, I didn't know if it was the right <laughs> word or if I was making up a word. And if it's not a word, then I look like an idiot. But oh well. I just think that people will see the decline. There mm-hmm. it is. Uh, in in the Chargers, and then see the their ability not to close out games, and then say, "Oh, it's Mike McCoy's fault." I don't think this is Mike McCoy's fault. In the first year, too, you make the playoffs, and usually in the first year for coaches, it's like a fielding out year. It's like, "Well, are you a good head coach? Can you deal with this team?" And then in the second year, he, he just basically reflips the the script and goes nine and seven again. And then obviously last year they dealt with so many injuries. I just think that. It's not a it's not a thing where he needs more time in San Diego because this is definitely grounds on getting someone fired. But I just think that if he gets fired and goes to somewhere else, he can really shine somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I think it might not be the wrong idea for the Chargers to move on. I just think that it, they would be giving up a very good head coach. It also does not help this team that the Broncos have shocked me and have looked really good and the Oakland Raiders have looked really good. And they're young. Guess who their next two opponents are in week five and week six? Oh wait, that's at Oakland and home against Denver. So right now if I were to look at both of those four divisional games that they got between those two teams they'd easily be losses. I think that Oakland and Denver are miles ahead of the Chargers just based on closability and finishing games. Closability, nice word there. I just I, I wonder <laughs> I wonder what Chargers fans actually think because I I, I want to know what they actually think because I mean this is this is outsiders looking in on the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I want I want to know what Chargers th- fans think of if Mike McCoy should be fired or not. And this is where you guys come in, Charger fans. Let us know down below if you haven't already. What do you think? What's kind of the pulse on Bolt Nation, the Charger Nation? Of uh, do you guys want? Do you want him gone at the end of the year? Do you think he's getting a bad rap? What do you think? Let us know down below. But we're going to move on into our last topic, and this was a topic brought up by Sean. The well, last, thanks for the credit. The last three that you heard were me. I'm like, okay, this is what I think we're going to do. Sean brought this up, and this is why we're going to have four topics for this show. And show. it's one of these things. It's a good topic to have, and – I can make a case for either of these teams, even though I'm leaning towards one. That's why I'm going to let you go first. 
who has more reason for uh, more reason we'll go more reason to panic is it the carolina panthers or the arizona cardinals i'm pulling a ricky here and i i didn't have an answer coming into this because i just did i didn't know and and this is kind of what you do in your pricks you, you pick before it and i I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm so i'm so because this is the thing i'll do you talk, want me to go I'll, first no i'll talk it out here okay. because Arizona, in their only win, they looked good. And and people say, oh, well, you know, they Panthers blew out the 49ers. Well, the 49ers were in that game for most of it. And then and then the Panthers pulled away. The Cardinals just blew out Tampa. And Tampa doesn't look like that good of a team. But also, Carolina beat the 49ers. It doesn't, doesn't look good, that good. I think that the Panthers have more to worry about just because of the recent injury to Cam. And we've seen him hit so many times. And that's going to be something that's very worrisome because I know Carson Palmer is getting older here. And Carson Palmer does not look like Carson Palmer of old. But the reason the Panthers have to worry here is because this defense doesn't have the same bite to it as it did last year. And that Cam Newton has been hit consistently and that he was knocked out of a game because of it. I think that should be the worrisome thing. I'm not saying that either of these teams are bad. I just think that more to worry should be the Panthers because of the uncertainty of Cam staying healthy because of the hits that he's taking. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. And I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I'm glad you picked the Panthers because the Cardinals were the team that I was leaning towards coming in. And I think it's a twofold, twofold panic mm-hmm. for the Cardinals. First off, it's just for this season. If Carson Palmer can't play, Who's your next quarterback? Yeah, and Carson Drew Palmer even got yeah, Carson Palmer even got injured Drew too. Drew Stanton. Should I change my pick? Like I, I have I don't know about you, I have more confidence in Derek Anderson than I do in Drew Stanton. I'll pick him because of the last name. Plus, well, yeah, he's got the same last name as you. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think it's more of a panic for the future because yes, you have Bruce Arians, and I know there have been rumblings that uh there's a little bit of Let's fire Arians or like is Arians on the way out? That's fucking stupid. The Cardinals would be idiotic to let Arians I'll go. Take it's one bad year. Yeah, you'd basically let the Bears get a mulligan on the biggest mistake that they made post Trussman. And I guess just it's more the panic for the future because Carolina, if you have a bad season, don't make the playoffs. Guess what? You still have Kelvin Benjamin. You still have Cam Newton. You still have Jonathan Stewart. You still have Luke Keekley. Mm-hmm. For the Cardinals, yeah, you might still have the Honey Badger. You might still have um, Patrick Peterson. But two guys that are getting older, that are not getting any younger, who aren't going to be with this team much longer, who I, I can't remember if one of them said they're going to retire after this year, but I do think that the quarterback is going to be done after this year, Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald. Fitz, not, Fitz said he was going to, but then took it back. Not going to be here much longer, and the way I kind of see it is, I, I think Carson Palmer is done after this year. I'm kind of relating this to, I'm relating his last two years. We are looking at Brett Favre 2.0, just not as good. Because you look at that first year, Phenomenal. Well, it wasn't his first year, like it was Brett's first year in Minnesota. But that championship year, they go to the uh, conference championship game. For Brett, it was a little bit closer of a game, and he ran into Bounty Gate, but they both lost. Had a devastating loss. Come back for one more, thinking they could do the same thing. 
Looks like it could end an injury for Carson Palmer. That story has not been written, but so far it is not the golden story that we saw last season. You could be looking into this draft saying, shit, we got to draft a quarterback. And, I mean, the kind of the limelight, not the limelight, the the good part of it is if you have a bad record, you can have a high pick silver to lining. get a the silver lining. You can get a quarterback in the draft with uh-huh. a high pick. But still, replacing your number one receiver and your best receiver for your your history as a team and Carson Palmer, who's been the best quarterback that you've had in recent history, those are two tall orders. Damn, you talk for a long time. Uh, the thing that I just wanted to say is that I think for this season, the Panthers have more to worry about. Future, easily. Easily the Cardinals. Easily. I would have said that coming into the season just because of what you just said. I don't know, though. I still believe in Derek Anderson better than I do Drew Stanton. And that's fair. But, I mean, looking Derek at, look, look at the least, Panthers running back he's situation. He's done it before. Look at the Panthers running back situation. Do you believe in Fozzie Whitaker? J- Jonathan Stewart's hurt. We don't know if he can box back. And he's over that He's over that line in the sand for running backs of 30 years old. How and many? then it, is that running game that dangerous? Because Cam is a part of that running game. Derek Anderson isn't. I, I think that... There's something to really worry about for the Panthers on the offensive side, where in the Cardinals, you know, David Johnson hasn't looked good. He hasn't at all. But I think you can at least have some faith in him because what he's shown. Even have Chris Johnson back there who hasn't looked terrible in spurts. And I think that I think that it just comes down to this year, I think the Panthers have more to worry about, especially because of the hits that Cam has been taking. And I think that Palmer might be risk, able to, you know, willing to risk injuries to make it to the postseason one last time, where Cam still has a lot and a bright future mm-hmm. ahead of him. So I think for this season, I think that the Panthers have more to worry about. Again, neither, neither of these teams are bad teams. That's one thing I want to preface. It's just, just they haven't shown up. And I think that the Cardinals have more to worry about for the future easily. But I think I think right now that the Panthers have more to worry about because of that running back situation and because of the quarterback situation because Cam's been getting blown up. And I'm looking right now. This is according to spot rack. Like I'm looking at guys who could be like their potential free agent running backs right now. There are guys you can go out and get. There are guys like, and this is like I said, spot rack. Like mm-hmm. They have Gernhart, who's a guy you is can Is Toby Gernhart an answer Just for wait. a team? Bernard okay. Pierce. You have mm. um, uh, Bradshaw. Pierre, Pierre Thomas is done. Let's so is Ahmad Brad, Bradshaw. But Bradshaw has Zach Stacy. I'm thinking Zach more Stacey's of like, not, they're, they're, they're a power running back team. And that's yeah. what I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the guys who can be that power up the middle kind of guys. It's going to be hard. You're probably not going to look for that in free agency but at hey, this point. But maybe, both these teams should be like if your fans is both these teams, you have good reason to panic. Hey, uh, I'm gonna throw this out there. Tank for uh, tank for Fournette for the Panthers. Imagine that. Imagine that, Ricky. Think of a read option with Cam Newton and Leonard Fournette. See, but how here, sexy is that? Here's the thing. I like with. Uh, I'm not saying they should take. Would, it was a joke. Would you want more? But running back wise, would you want more of a running back that could be a power guy, but a receiver out of the backfield? Are you saying maybe like not, Christian? Maybe a Christian, but I was leaning. He's more, too quick. I was leaning more towards a. I know he's not a power running guy, but maybe like a Dalvin Cook. Because I'm thinking more Cook's of that receiving like, side of it. Uh, Cook, Use Cook. Jonathan Stewart to run up the middle. Well, Cook Jonathan is the, Stewart's even there. Cook to be the outside kind of. Fournette would be the great. The, he'd be the number one pick. He would be the main but running he's, back. He's dealing with to. injuries, too. You can go Cook's with Nick Chubb. Cook's done with it, too. You can go Chubb, with Nick Chubb. Chubb's dealing with an injury, too. These guys are banged up. 
Running backs always get banged up, though. Yeah, but Christian they McCaffrey always hasn't. get banged up. Knock on wood for you, Stanford fans. Christian McCaffrey, but hasn't. he's not a power runner. He isn't. But he could still, also be. Con- he could be. Danny Woodhead is Danny Woodhead's out for the season. He could basically be converted into a he wide receiver. I, I let the Patriots have him. Uh, but fine, final thoughts. Final thoughts on the Panthers and the Cardinals. Panthers have more to worry about in the season. Uh, Cardinals have more to worry about for the future. Now, I think that I'm going to go Cardinals for both because. Yes, you're worrying about the future if you're the Cardinals, but that's also for this season because basically this season is Super Bowl or bust. No, no answer is wrong for no. this season. Uh, for the future, if you say the Panthers, you're moronic. Well, because they've got, like I said, their guys are staying where Cam Newton's Palmer, not 30 yet. There yeah, you go. And Kelvin Benjamin is young too. Yeah. So let us know down below what you guys think, who has more reason to panic. And if you're a fan of both of these teams, Brian, I'm looking at you because I know you are a Cardinal fan. Uh-huh. Let us know your let, – let's put it this way. Rate your panic level on a scale of 1 to 10, low, 1 being the lowest, smiley 10 face, being the highest. We'll do the smiley face or pain. We'll do the the pain, like the smiley face one. That'll work too. There you go. This is That'll a fun podcast. This was a great podcast. I want to thank you for, thank uh, you for joining me, on. me this week. Thanks for Mark for working. Yeah, Mark Mark worked, and uh, hopefully Mark will be. I mean, I love the podcast, but hopefully Mark is back. I always I'm miss offended. Mark I'm when he's not here, but I love doing it. With Sean, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to the podcast. Our Twitters are down in the description. If you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure to check out the full full podcast on blogtalkradio.com backslash The Onside Kick. Go check out our Patreon page. We got a few Patreon podcasts that we were backloaded on, uploaded. So check out that page to see how you can listen to those full podcasts. Dude, the October one's fun. It's a great podcast. And it's a video podcast, so it's an extra treat for you and guys. you can see me freaking I, out over Tinder. I am just going to leave it at that. I want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.